0: And welcome back to A Troop of Players, an actual play podcast. I am your host and GM, Chris McClain. And guys, I love this show. I love doing this project. I'm always... You can't see my face. Maybe you can hear it. I got a big smile on my face. I love doing this. He's frowning. He's lying. Oh, Tyler. (laughs) Why would you out me like that, you bitch? (laughs) I'm sorry, gang. No, I'm really excited to be here. I think this session is going to be a great one. And I hope you at home agree with me. Mike, what do you think? We're going to have a good session today? I think so.
1: You know, Uh, I had a pretty shit day at work. But otherwise, I think it's going to be a good one. Tomorrow's the funny number day and the next day's my birthday. So, uh, (laughs) yeah. I think uh, it's going to be a good session. Ha- thank you for the great birthday present of Atlas's new
0: uh, shotgun. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that, but I might introduce Big Booty Goth GF for you. Okay. That's all, that's all they've ever <laughs> that wanted. Won't, <laughs> that won't disrupt balance too much is what I'm really concerned with. Happy early birthday. Thank you. Toddy, what do you think? Are we going to have a good session today? I think I'm going to have a great time. I don't know about Gwen. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, to be fair, that's half the fun, you know, is when fair. your character suffers. To be fair. <laughs> Putting your character through misery. That's why we're here. Oh, it's my favorite thing. Why do you think I leave you on a cliffhanger every time? I love watching you squirm. It's great. <laughs> all my, All my children and characters. Brother, it's been too long. Hi Connor. Snake. Hello. <laughs> uh, you ready for today's session, Broski?
2: Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. So, I think I think it's going to be a good day. I think it's going to be a good session. It's been a a little cloudy the last couple of days where I'm living at, and oh, yeah? it was a f- sunny day for once. So, I think it's going to be a good time. <gasps>
0: An Omen! Yay! Omen. Yes, Good Omens by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. (laughs) Great book and also show. Go see it. I
3: love that book!
0: Alex, sunshine, you ready for today's session?
3: Of course, I'm always ready.
0: On a scale of fabulous to perfect, how great do you think today's session is going to be?
3: For Suri, I'm gonna go with Fabulous cause she still doesn't have her ship. But for Alex, it's gonna be perfect. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that always that always brings a smile to my face. Thank you, darling. You're so great. Thank you for being here. Tyler! Hi buddy! Hey. Oh, (laughs) Tyler refuses to everything's terrible I hate
4: this game and I hate all of you
0: I locked Tyler in a contract he has to be here every time (laughs) oh my god can you imagine if he doesn't I get to keep his gamer rig so (laughs) (gasps) you son of a bitch
4: god damn it now everyone knows
0: (laughs) you ready for today's sesh bud
4: never never <laughs> Never prepared, but I'm ready for something to happen.
0: You know what? I, I think that's the bare minimum. So good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Hi, Sharon, my lovely wife. Hello. How are you, darling? Great answer. <laughs> ah, ah, sorry, I just. Oh, that's such a loaded question. I'm, I'm
4: uh, great, Chris. <laughs> I'm so good. I'm happy to be here, Chris. Sharon. <laughs>
0: Ah, uh, thank you, my lovely wife. Your voice sounds strangely falsetto-ish.
4: No, it's not, I promise. It's me. Nice. It's totally me. <laughs> it's
0: me,
5: I'm
4: doing great.
1: it um, has
0: been a great day. I had therapy. What a mess. And uh, I went for a walk doing therapy, which is apparently something you can do. That's great, honey. Ooh. Would you recommend that some of our listeners who might be struggling should try and seek professional help? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a mess.
5: <laughs> um, better help, please sponsor us.
0: Okay.
1: What an intro.
0: All right, gang. We're all here. Well met. Well,
1: thanks for
2: coming. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's our time. Make sure to follow us on a tr- at, at a troop of players on Insta and TikTok.
2: I mean, I thought I followed the rules for the group of uh, staying sober for sessions. So <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs>
0: Uh,
5: sober, not sane. <laughs> yeah. ah, fair. Got me there. Fair. That should be on a shirt.
0: <laughs> I'm almost certain it is. Check it out on our merch store. Get to <laughs> oh, merch. oh my god! Right. Oh, you can
5: also get put the damn in damage and Shizubi.
0: <laughs> Shizubi, without a doubt. Oh, you Shizubi best believe shirts. I have. A,
4: I'm rocking a Shizubi hat right now. I
0: mean, we're also we're deaf going to be getting a shirt that says "Don't worry, it's only magic."
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, that's good. Bro, can we? We got to start.
0: <laughs> The (laughs) the people are listening. Oh, God. Hey, if you have ideas for merch or collectibles that you would want, let us know. We're thinking we're going to be starting a Patreon pretty soon, and having ideas for merch for reward tiers would be really cool. So if you have any thoughts, let us know. We love hearing from you guys and gals and those beyond the binary. So. When we last left our intrepid heroes, shit hit the fan. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So you joined forces with Sky Marshal Jack Harrison and his intrepid Sky Panther cuddles as the two of them were trying to follow up on a lead of some people who murdered some innocent Site miners and stole Site that hadn't been refined yet. After that, you briefly became acquainted with some more uh, rough, mean, mean, mean members of the coven (laughs) who kind of low-key abducted you, and you were able to see the coven's hidden burrow literally inside the mesa that makes up the capital city, powered by a massive Gaiacite tree, which has only one entrance, but dozens of exits. You went through one of those exits and met up with Oliver Ronin inside a tavern. Oliver said he would be willing to lend an ear to the ground if he heard anything about the crystal of the Scarlet Wren, which had been horribly sabotaged. The only lead of which you had before was the blood trail led to a police station, the blood left behind from poor Percy, who, to my understanding, no one has even considered informing his family that uh, <laughs> he is deceased. <laughs> um,
5: we go to the police station, though, so like the authorities are... Con- Actually, no, the, the authority figure... A.K.A. Jack is supposed to do it.
0: Yeah, he's going to help you guys. Well, you went to the police station, but the police station has the crooks. <laughs>
2: <What? laughs> I'm like, I was doing my own investigation and then got pulled into some crap yeah. because freaking, of course I do, series involved.
0: <laughs> oh, goodness me. So, yeah, you meet with Oliver Ronin. And speaking of your business, Jack, Oliver gave you an address and a meeting point for the site thief, the... The coven is in possession of the Site. They did not do the stealing. They just simply bought it. But he said, hey, this is where the guy is. You'll probably also find uh, the money for what the site is worth. So that should cover it. Uh, and it'll be here. He also heavily implied that he wants you to kill the guy. But, you know, doesn't seem like that's in the cards for Jack. And also... My first time spending a dark side point to twist the story a little bit, Charlotte, Gwen's ex was there and Gwen kind of, not her best look considering she puked and then ran away. And then (laughs) two members of the Inquisition arrived, tried to raid the bar and then all of a sudden Gwen channeled the power of the man with the violet eyes unintentionally.
4: Oh, that's right.
0: Unintentionally, pinned both inquisitors to the wall using psychic powers, coven members ran up and slit their throats while they were pinned to the wall, and then the man with the violet eyes said to Gwen that the sins of Solaris that you guys have to atone for was Solaris attempted to stop the Rising, and Gwen must stop the Rising. So, we're actually going to pick up just right there. So Gwen and Cassandra, uh, the two of you are kind of over in the hallway by the restroom where you can still see everything. I
5: thought we were in the bathroom.
0: Uh, on the way because Gwen okay. had to see the front door uh, in order yeah, for yeah, the Violet to come I through. I we were
5: like full trash in it in the bathroom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't no, not yet, you were on the way but then you were horribly interrupted from your trash shit sesh, I guess. Gwen's eyes glowed with a violet light, uh, which, Cassandra, you definitely saw when all this shit went down. But uh, the rest of our intrepid heroes did not see that. So, yeah, you see that the Coven members have already begun. Like, they are stripping the corpses, just removing the robes, removing the masks. And you see they're piling them. This is something that has been done before. And you see they are piling them onto a space behind the bar. And you see uh, they are starting to pour a ton of alcohol onto it. And you see when the bodies are revealed, you see they're teenagers. The dove is maybe, maybe 16. The hawk is pushing 19. They are, you know, the bodies are left just there. They are specifically gathering the robes and the masks and they are pouring the alcohol into it. They are soaking it. And this is moving with the efficiency and routine of disciplined troops. Like, this is something that has happened again and again and again, and they are expecting this. Uh, And so they're kind of falling into stuff immediately. And as you you examine the bodies, you do see that there has been some really gross augmentation that has been done to them. The hawk, for example, is huge, but in like kind of a horribly proportioned way. Like his chest has been stretched. You can see there are stretch marks all across his body where he's been augmented in unnatural ways and his body has horribly morphed. And you see that the dove has no eyes. They were burned off and there's just scar tissue covering where the eyes were. And you see that In the ear canal, actually, is what looks like injected Gaiacite to increase her perceptions. But so no one in the coven is even noticing. No one in the coven cares. Uh, It's just the corpses are on the floor as they are. From what you can guess, I would say that they are planning on burning the robes and the masks. And that's where we find ourselves.
4: So the coven, they're actively cleaning up the corpses. Correct. Gwen.
5: <laughs> Your eyes. Yes. They were purple. What's going on? Uh
6: Uh.
5: <laughs> and
6: Gwen is just wide-eyed, realizing that she can't keep the secret any longer. She's trying to brush it off a bunch of times even when Captain Hawk was really questioning her. So she's going to go ahead and tell them what's been happening, and we're going to do it in hush-hush in a very, very quiet corner <laughs> of said <set> bar.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Finally! As uh, Gwen and Cassandra are moving towards the rest of the group, you see Oliver is looking at Surrey. He's got... A very quiet rage. And he looks at Surrey, and he just says, I don't believe in luck, but right now you're beginning to feel like an omen. <laughs> <laughs> the day you show up and start asking me for favours when Garrick gives you a note of passage is the day where inquisitors find one of our oldest vases. That doesn't sit quite right with me if I believed in luck.
3: Well, it's a good thing that I don't believe in luck because this could have been anybody else's problem. Probably was ours, and I'm very sorry about that, but it could have been <laughs> anybody else's problem.
0: He kind of looks at Suri and uh, looks her up and down and a little bit of the anger goes out. There's a bit of a smirk and you see the wine, the wine dark scar kind of curls up with a smirk and he just says... Uh, Shame you don't believe in luck for a second there. I thought you might be getting lucky. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> and then he continues on with his business. Oof. Oh,
3: Captain of flustered. <laughs> She's a bang Oliver.
0: Another time. Wow. Another time. Another place.
3: And all just Suri does is just walks, watches him go. Just smiling. <laughs> She's like.
0: Looking at that ass. Yep.
3: She's like, I'd hit that. <laughs>
0: His ass is
3: mwah. will is going to dream about that ass while she's trying to save the world.
1: <laughs> the look that sets sail to a thousand ships.
0: Right? <laughs> uh, so, okay, my goodness. Yeah, so um, you see that Oliver moves over to his, what you can tell her his lieutenants. And Charlotte is among them, uh, and they're in quiet conference trying to discuss what to do. And Charlotte keeps glancing over at Gwen, and it's it's one of those you know when you're when someone who you once thought the world of, and it ended really horribly, and you're stuck in a room together, not in a proximity where you can talk, but you're just aware. That is just Charlotte right now and just, like, constantly, like, glancing and very uncomfortable and kind of fidgeting. But, yeah, they're, they're kind of in that corner.
5: Also, just to clarify, it wasn't obvious that Gwen was the one who pushed them against the wall. Right? Correct.
0: So far as anyone else knows, this is just fucking random. No one knows why okay. this happened. But we know what we saw. Yeah. Well, Cassandra was the only one who saw Gwen's eyes light up. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, as far as everyone else at this point in the book. But she
6: said it out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: um, (laughs) That is the situation. The only person who has, quote unquote, confirmed evidence that Gwen, this is Cassandra because she saw the violet eyes light up.
6: Yeah, it's okay, Cassandra. She needed the push, she was keeping it for too long. So, yeah, hush, hush. Very aware that Charlotte is is giving glances. Um, Gwen is doing everything she can to, to not look over there um, and give her more of a reason to freak out. So she sort of announces to everyone that Atlas and Cassandra have known about this for a long time. But it's time that everyone else knows the truth. So she tells them all about the dream she's been having, about how she's been getting pulled in, By the man with the violet eyes who was at that party that we were at. About the scar on her neck, everything. And then she just sort of is silent, waiting for a reaction. And says, I swear, I never did anything on purpose. This just happened to me. I didn't invite it. I didn't go looking for it. It's just something that...
4: As like you're explaining, I just put my hand up. And I look at Atlas and I say, you knew about this? And I look at Surrey, and I'm gonna look back at you two, and I'm gonna say, okay, here's what's gonna happen. We give you guys room and board, you've been traveling with us, and none of you thought to bring this bit of information up to me or the captain. I want you to know how fucking irresponsible both of you are for putting both of our lives in danger when Gwen is walking around with this kind of power. I mean, is she a ticking time bomb? She could have blew a hole in the side of the freaking Wren. And I, um, I'm going to look at Suri and I'm going to be like, moving forward, <laughs> there's going to be no secrets. None. As soon as you guys do anything under wraps outside of the ship, you come and you report it to Suri and to me, is that, do I make myself perfectly clear?
6: Normally, Gwen would argue back and defend herself, but she knows that he's right, so she just looks down at the floor, silently.
1: Atlas sees this, and um, he leans over to to Gwen and says, Man, this guy sounds like my
4: dad.
3: (laughs) Suri looks at Gwen and Cassandra and Atlas very pointedly and very quietly, but still, you know, you can, as she's trying to hush everyone back down, it, she goes, I am so disappointed in every single one of you. If you ever keep things like this from us again, the contract is over and you are done. Do you understand me? Yes, but you have to understand No, that- no, no. There is no more buts. There is no more you must understand. This is final. No more lying. Now I want a yes or a no. I don't want any explanation.
6: Gwen grabs Cassandra's hand, squeezes it really tight, and looks at her in a very defeated and sort of let's just go with it sort of face. And she's sort of on the verge of a panic attack because she's having flashbacks to- Charlotte talking to her in this way a long time ago, and she says, yes. Yes.
0: Atlas?
1: Yes, Captain. Thank you.
0: And while all of this is happening, Cuddles looks up at Jack and is just, <laughs> my <"Mow, meow?
2: laughs> Oh, I'm staying out of this one. I don't know what you're talking about. We ain't even been here for any of this stuff, all right? <laughs> <laughs> it is... It is me, my beer, and you, Cuddles. That is it right now. I am not dealing with this nonsense. My
4: So after that's all said and done, I sort of like wave everyone like to sort of sit at a table. After all this went down, is there someone working the bar? I look over.
0: <laughs> so as you guys sit down at the table, you see that basically everybody in the bar is basically gone, except for Oliver, and uh, three lieutenants, Charlotte among them. And uh, they're all kind of like, look at you. Charlotte says, you're probably going to want to leave. We're um, about to burn the building down.
3: Oh, oh, okay. What?
0: Uh, let's continue this outside, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, all of our heroes are the what. And he just says, um, frankly, this position's compromised if the birds were able to find their way here, anyways. And secondly, given the unusual manner in which they died. If uh, if anyone's able to find their maintained corpses, well, they'll be able to learn some nasty things through some particularly nasty magic. And frankly, it just is more believable if they went down in a fight. So uh, yeah, you want to bring them up then? You see they bring up from behind the bar a guy who is in handcuffs and he's been pretty badly abused. Uh, His face is a mess of bruises, and uh, he comes up, and they put him near the corpses of the Inquisitors, and Oliver pulls out a gun. (gasps) He just says, he looks at you all very casually, and he just says, they need to have been fighting someone, yeah?
2: Fastest hand in the East perk. I'm going to use a story point for it.
0: What? What the
2: fuck are you doing?
6: You're going to save this dude? You're going to save him?
2: I'm not going to watch someone just get shot right in front of me. I'm not okay with this.
0: What are you shooting at?
2: So I am specifically shooting at the handgun
0: that he's going to use. Oh my God, we're we're never doing business with this guy ever again. (laughs) (laughs) So you're trying to shoot the gun out of Oliver's hand.
2: I'm trying to shoot the gun out of Oliver's hand.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: Captain Hawk is so not getting laid.
3: (laughs) I'm so not getting laid after this.
0: No. All right, spend that story point. So you are going to be rolling your ranged light against one purple and two blacks because it's a cold shot. Two success, one advantage. Boom. Oh. Yeah, you pull out your gun and uh, almost in the exact moment when, like, it's it's that moment, like, in a movie where it zooms out really far and all you hear is the gunshot. Mm-hmm. The camera zooms back in and it's the smoking barrel. And then it comes back into a rear focus and it's a jack holding the gun. And you see Oliver's revolver is just, like, in pieces on the floor. His finger is very badly broken. Because it was around the trigger, oh. And he looks at Jack, and there's kind of a moment of shock on his face, like just like, did this? Like the broken finger very clearly doesn't bother him, and you're not sure if it's shock or whatever, but he looks, he looks at Jack and in just disbelief. Watching this moment, there's a second.
4: I literally take Jack in one hand, and I smack him as
0: hard as I can across the face. When you do that, Cuddles pounces on you and pins you to the ground. You take three strain.
4: Okay.
3: Oh, and Suri just goes, everybody stop.
1: Oh
4: my God.
3: <laughs> She's looking at Jack, who's holding his gun still, Travis on the ground, Oliver with his broken finger, Gwen and Cassandra are Atlas. And she says, we're going to leave now. We're going to take the man. And you won't see us again, <laughs> because this has been a nightmare, and I'm very sorry for everything.
0: Oliver holds up a finger to cut you off.
3: The broken one?
0: <laughs> yes, actually. Ew. Actually, he holds it up to, just to make a point. He looks at Jack, and he says, um, do you have something you'd like to say to me, sir? Well, now that I finally have an opportunity to, <gasps> no.
2: I've no. been dealing with enough of everything that I've been seeing around. Now. I understand that you guys think that this is a perfectly reasonable plan to spill blood and to make it look like a fight while everything burns down. So, instead of doing that, why not use someone who, even though they don't have any, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, uh, responsibility or any kind of legality, why don't you guys set the bar on fire and I'll talk with the police marshals that show up and smooth out the situation.
0: Oh, roll negotiation, two perps and a red, your negotiation.
2: Okay, negotiation, I can't fight that, I can't change it to something else that would get better, okay.
0: Make an argument, make an argument for it. Well, I would say
2: coercion, because I literally just shot a gun out of his hand, not to mention the fact that I broke his finger. (laughs) I think that's kind of intimidating, and definitely could lead to coercion. (laughs) And I'm simply being nice and giving him an easy out.
0: And you are working again You are asking him to work against, quote unquote, his best interest. Yes, I will let you roll coercion here. Yeah, awesome. Okay, still the same difficulty. Uh, one red and two purples.
2: Oh my gosh, this is still gonna suck. Ooh. Oh. That does not look good.
0: You rolled three threat and no successes. Yikes,
1: my man.
0: So Oliver looks at you. And he says, you know, that's exactly what I want. You know, I want law enforcement, especially from a keeper I've never met before negotiating and coordinating on my behalf. That sounds like exactly what I was hoping my day would turn out with. And he sort of holds up his hand with the broken finger absently. And you see one of his lieutenants comes over and uh, her hands start glowing and his finger starts to heal. And he says, I'm going to give you a counteroffer. I am honor bound to help out the crew of the Wren. I don't know you. I understand you're a man of principle and that I can respect. Truthfully, I can respect the fact that you're a man who lives by his own code. As you may imagine, my life is much the same, though I believe our codes uh, differ in some key areas. So it's going to come to this. If you come into one of my bars again, I will cut off your balls, put them down your throat, and put a bullet in your head. And then I'll do the same to your kitty. Now get the fuck out of my bar while well, you still can.
5: Wait a second. Lore question.
0: Mm.
2: Um, is cuddles neutered?
0: <laughs> Connor?
2: Uh, I'm going to say no. Oh my.
0: It's not. so, it's so irresponsible. Even though it's not healthy. I know, I know. It's very, okay,
2: then it is neutered. I was going to say, no, I sp- No. I sp- no, I sp- no it's canon. Cats, it's but- canon. Cuddles oh, isn't
0: neutered. Gosh, yeah. uh, but Cuddles is very much still on top of Travis. Yes, so. at
2: the moment. After I got slapped in the face.
0: Yeah, and so Oliver, you know, is kind of pointing out the door with his now fixed finger. And Cuddles looks up at you tentatively and just goes, Mau, I'm going to
2: look down at both cuddles and then to travis and as i stare down i'm just gonna lean down a little closer just get a little close to his face as i'm putting the revolver away and be just like if you try to stop me again at any time from saving a life next time i'll let cuddles just finish what she started he started
0: and cuddles looks right in your face travis and just like bares his fangs and puts just a little bit more pressure on your chest and then gets off
4: I, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to I'm going to wait till we leave because we got to go. <laughs> yeah, we got to get out of here. Because
5: Cassandra's going to go and get this dude who looks beaten and bruised and make sure that they exit with the. Uh,
0: and you prisoner. see that you see that the lieutenants start to move towards you and then they they stop. She's They're also going to look
5: directly at Charlotte while she does it.
0: Mm, what are you trying to do here with that look? Are you just, let me let me reframe the question. Are you trying to make a role here or are you just like gazing into this woman's soul like be better than this kind of thing?
5: <laughs>
1: be better than this.
5: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's be better than this. I don't, I think it's... Woof. And I mean, it's maybe slightly, in not really intimidate because I don't think that Cassandra can do that.
0: <laughs> Oliver kind of looks at you and just says, um, Would you like to know the man's crimes?
2: Doesn't matter. He still deserves a fair trial.
0: Guys, time to go. Let's fucking go. Let's get the fuck out of here, (laughs) please. For the love of God. (laughs) Oliver hasn't taken his eyes off of Cassandra. He can tell me himself. At this point, Oliver's kind of done.
2: I was going to say, let's just go. Now we leave.
3: Siri's done. Siri is fucking.
0: (laughs) He doesn't say another word. He just turns. And you see, he conjures a fireball on his hands. And he lobs it at the alcohol-soaked robes and mask. And it begins to climb. Because it was right next to where uh, all the alcohol was kept. And he just goes down the ramp behind the bar. Yeah, let's get. Mm -hmm.
5: Bye. We're leaving. (laughs) Uh, Let's find our accommodations. Do we know where those are?
0: No, because <laughs> Oliver was supposed to give you accommodations.
5: I thought that we already got those from him.
4: And he was supposed to give us information regarding who the fuck um, like messed up our boat.
3: So Suri, once we get outside, looks at everyone, and she's pissed. She looks at every scene in the eyes, even Travis. She loves him, but she's about to murder everyone. <laughs> and she goes, that was the most abysmal scene I've ever seen. In my years as a captain, if any of you pull what we just did in there again, I don't even have words. I don't even have words right now for what I would do to you, but it would probably be your insides would be outside by the end of the day and then put back in and I'd take them out again. So we're going back to the Wren. We're going to figure out what is next. Don't look at me, Travis. Don't. We're going back to the Wren. (laughs) We're going to figure out what is next and we will handle this. Clear? Crystal. Crystal. She just turns and starts walking. There's no, and then she looks back and goes, Jack, you as well. Can Cassandra try and heal this dude who's like beaten and bruised? Is he still, we're like, did we bring him with? Did we actually end up succeeding in that or did we? Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
0: we did? Oliver just started burning the building down. Cassandra Uh,
3: walked
5: out the fucking door with this man.
0: At this point, Oliver is just fucking done. He's just like, fuck it. I'm tired. I just broke my finger. This has been a day. Yep. The man looks up at you, and through kind of chapped, bloodied lips, he says, You should have let him kill me. Ah. I won't last the day. They'll find me. Well, you won't
5: last the day in this condition. That's the wrong accent, guys. I don't know if you know that.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's okay, I'll take over. You wouldn't last the day in this condition!
1: (laughs) <laughs> That's the compilation. Shrek joined the party. Oh. <laughs> last the day
5: in this condition. Let's get back to the ship, but let me heal you first,
3: at least a little bit. Oh, he's not coming with us.
0: No. <coughs> I, I deserve this. I, <coughs> I gave them children. The birds. Warlock children. <coughs> Please. What did he give them? Children?
6: Gwen just, like, turns her head to look at Jack and just, like,
2: very, like, look what you have done at him. Like, what's your answer now? And Jack is just, like, not looking at anyone and is just, his hands are shaking as he's just facing away from it all, but still trying to keep his composure with all of that being said.
0: I would also like to point out, yeah, Jack, this is a very... Honestly, huge emotional moment. I would like to point out you all just came out of a burning building and the building is on fire, and y'all are still pretty close. You may want to make yourselves scarce.
4: I imagine that we are actively walking back to like the Wren. The Wren. Yeah. 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 The Wren. Yeah. It's our only like place where like we can kind of like gather our thoughts properly, it seems, because otherwise it's like it's the only place that we like can all collectively go. You know what I mean? So I imagine we're all just like walking back. I'm just, I don't, I'm not even thinking about anything. I'm just so upset. I'm like, I'm like, man, like I look at Jack. I'm like, Jack, listen, usually I like to be taken to dinner before someone fucks me. (laughs) So I'm sorry if I got a little, you know what? And I just sort of like, wave my hand, and I just like sort of walk past. I'm like, this, this, I can't even, I can't even right now. I just can't even.
0: Once again, Travis being bad at apologizing. I'm happy about this character (laughs) consistency. (laughs) So bad
5: at it.
2: I think Jack just kind of looks down at Cuddles and is just like, I think he was trying to be nice, but I'm not too sure.
0: (laughs) Cuddles looks at Travis, and I imagine Travis has kind of stuffed his hands in his pockets as he's walking. And Cuddles looks at Travis and then looks up at Jack and just goes, Mama. All right.
1: While uh, we're walking on our way to the Wren, Atlas doubles back a little bit and uh, goes to Gwen, and he reaches into his satchel, and he pulls out a couple berries, and he hands them over to Gwen, and he says, you're going to want to eat these, and he pulls out a little vial of water, and he says, and then you're going to want to drink this. It's funny, uh, I thought Barnabas Glass was the one who really brought him back, but you really uh, went in tonight, didn't you?
6: Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, at least what I did was an accident. Unlike the narc here.
1: <laughs> we both look at him. <laughs> we have that moment, the rack focus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel like during this, like while everyone's looking back, Jack's just walking along with his hands in his pocket and it's just like randomly talking to Cuddles since Cuddles is his best friend and that's usually the only person he ever talks to. <laughs> I think they're just kind of, like, babbling to each other as they go along.
5: Cassandra's going to heal this motherfucker.
0: (laughs) At the very least, make sure he's, like, not disfigured, so it's less recognizable.
5: He's just not going to be in pain anymore.
0: Make a healing roll then for me. Against? It's a standard healing roll, so that's two two perps. Two success, one threat. Okay, so you're still making a kind of a hasty retreat but I imagine you have like salves and kind of like bandages and stuff and you set his nose. He still looks like shit. As you're moving, all of a sudden you see as y'all are moving, Cuddles stops, freezes and his nostrils start flaring and he starts like ears are kind of like the satellite dishes, like detecting sounds, trying to find things. And all of a sudden Cuddles turns and gets the huge eyes and there's like a low rumbling in his chest, and uh, you see a cop walking towards uh, the burning building with like a couple of people, and uh, Cuddles starts growling lowly and uh, bumps into Atlas's hip,
1: looking at the cop. Hmm. And I look down and I say, What's up?
0: He carries the scent of your friend that was in the ship.
1: I look over to Jack and I say, Who's that guy pointing to the
2: cop? Uh, based on what I'm looking at, uh, probably some kind of detective from the Empire would be my guess. I don't know. Maybe a fire marshal of some kind.
1: Well, he has Percy's scent on him. Well, damn. <laughs> I look to Cuddles and I say, sharpest nose in the east.
0: Cuddles gives a little tail twitch of appreciation, but otherwise is completely still and just, like, giant cat eyes, and Jack, you can feel Cuddles is ready to pounce.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna just pet Cuddles just a little bit to calm her down, or calm him down so that he knows that, you know, I'm there and that I'm aware of the threat.
1: I turn to Suri and I say, what's the next move, Captain?
4: Well, does anyone care to fill us in? Because you were just meowing at that (laughs) cat for the past (laughs) So
1: (laughs) (laughs) That officer over there carries Percy's scent.
3: Here's my quick question. If we go over there, we still have our cloaking gear on, right? So,
0: yes. Let me put it like this. You're not invisible. It does make you more difficult to recognize. You also still have your captive. Oh, great. I may remind you still in handcuffs. Let me put it like this. I would have you make a collective stealth roll if you want to sneak up on him. It's going to be a different role entirely if you want to be unrecognized if you decide to make some violent choices.
3: I want to talk to this dude.
0: Well, usually I would say,
4: let's just put a sack on his head and kidnap him. Um, <laughs> but since we're in the present, uh, look, okay, Jack, okay, Jack, <laughs> said, don't give me that look, Jack,
2: okay. Why are we trying to commit felonies in front of a peace officer? Listen,
4: listen, I, I, look, I said normally I would say that, <laughs> officer, okay? And then I just look at you and I'm like, but... Considering that you are a police officer, why don't you go talk to him and get information?
2: That's what I was about to think. So here's my recommendation. Y'all have someone murdered on your ship, which automatically makes you suspects. So I'd recommend trying to get that straightened out immediately and uh, figuring out lodging. Uh, Is there anyone that wants to stick with me that's not a wanted criminal? Perhaps
5: you can uh, take the... Current wanted criminal that we've got in handcuffs right now and see about turning him in. That's what I was thinking.
2: I mean, I could do that too. I'm a little confused, though. I thought he was working for the Inquisition, which works with the Empire, which would be the police department. Correct?
5: This does present a problem.
2: So why don't you say you rescued him? You did. All right. Sure, why not? I mean, I did rescue him. I'm not lying, so I appreciate that. I'm not trying to lie too much while I'm out here, if that's okay. I roll my eyes. Roll my eyes. The
6: guy was like, let me die. And he's like, <laughs> let me shoot the gun out of his hand. And then Cassandra was like,
0: let me heal you. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy's I'm like, I literally will not survive the week. Please kill me. <laughs> Please let me die. <laughs>
1: this is how The Incredibles started.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was just in the same thing. You didn't save my he life, you ruined my, <laughs> you ruined my deck. You
1: ruined my deck. I watched that movie as a kid.
0: So, while this is
3: all happening, Suri looks at Jack and goes, we're not leaving. Oh. We'll be just above the ridge. Suri's not letting this fucker out of her sight. No, no, no. It has been too much of a day. If you take longer than 30 minutes, we're coming for you.
2: All right. You guys can just hang out here in the streets then. Just go like a block away or something like that, and I'll just uh, meet you there in a minute or so.
0: And in... That moment, like in between Jack saying, finishing that sentence, and Suri beginning to say what she says, Gwen, you feel the cold in your scar again. Yay. And you experience the falling sensation, and you are back in the realm of the man with the violet eyes. And you're in the armchair across from him, and the phonograph is playing gentle music, and he's wearing... A pristine, all-white suit with a white shirt and a white tie. And he looks at you, his hair is slicked back, almost as though he's getting ready for a party. And his eyes are still that vibrant purple as he stares at you. He smiles, and you notice the smile is more human. And you notice every time you see him, he is becoming progressively less horrific, and more human. And I wonder if that's because he's changing, or because you are. But he looks at you, and uh, he says, That was not ideal.
6: Then why did you make me do that?
0: Because there was a chance you may have fallen into their hands. You were impaired. And they would have taken you to the enemy.
6: You were trying to protect me?
0: We value our investments, Guinevere.
6: Why do you keep putting it like that? I don't understand. Could you give me some kind of warning, at least, if you're going to control me? If you're going to make me do things without
0: me knowing? You see, he, he raises his hand and uh, he says... From this moment forward, we shall endeavor.
6: Gwen's just staring at him, trying to figure out why he looks friendlier than usual, and just says, I told everyone. I had to tell them. We've been traveling together for so long, and I, I couldn't keep it from them anymore. Just no matter what you do to me, no matter what you make me do, just promise me that I will never hurt my friends.
0: Provided they do not attempt to aid the Rising, we agree. We are more capable now. Interacting with you, being bonded, has allowed us to learn, evolve, and send more clear messages.
6: You keep telling me that I have to stop the rising, but then you don't tell me how. How am I supposed to do that? Are you just going to keep taking over my body, invading me, controlling me, without letting me know what this big grand plan that you're doing is? It's not fair. Explain yourself.
0: He sighs, and it's in this moment when you notice him sigh that you realize you've never seen him breathe before. He looks at you and he says, Our previous agent. Wrote the journal. Solaris.
6: Solaris was working with you?
0: Correct.
6: Were you doing to Solaris what you do to me?
0: Correct. (laughs) Solaris attempted to prevent the rising. The journal explains. Your father, his fleet involved. We do not have the means yet to give more information, but as a show of good faith, I can tell you where I am from and why you must stop the Rising.
6: Solaris was trying to stop my father.
0: And his allies. Okay, so tell me, where are you from? He waves his hand, and all of a sudden you are propelled across the ocean at an impossible speed, but you don't feel the physical sensation. It's as though you stay still and the world moves around you, and you come to face the maelstrom. And the maelstrom is just a massive, gaping, Darkness, a void with rippling black lightning around the edges and arcing across it in horrible ways. And you can see almost like a horrific black dawn. And near the ocean level, you can see monsters pouring through the maelstrom in an unending way. And they're attacking each other. It's churning, boiling almost. And right in front of it, there is a thin film of red from the blood. Of these things just eating each other. And Violet Eyes points, and he just says, We are from beyond.
6: (laughs) As is the one that you say will rise?
0: No. Should Leviathan rise, it will destroy everything you know, everyone you love, everything you have left. And then it will come for us. This would be disadvantageous to our designs. For the sake of your worlds and ours, you must prevent the rising. The journal holds the key. You must complete Solaris's goal. (sighs) Okay.
6: I don't trust you,
0: but you're not giving me much of a choice. He kind of smiles and he just says, Of course we are. The choice is yours whether you wish to have the blood of every man, woman, and child on your hands, should the rising happen. Leviathan must remain bones. And in that moment, you are back In the conversation, and there is a lingering whisper, and he just says, Go with the marshal. The officer has the clue.
6: Great. Just what Gwen wanted to hear.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I. I would like to say before we proceed, I knew I had an inkling that he was not from here. I have been thinking about it for weeks, but I didn't want to say it and be wrong. Anyway, I'm very proud of myself that no one knew I was thinking, but
0: anyway. Yay, well, I, hopefully that means I, I laid out clues well enough for it to pick up. So, but yeah, there we go.
6: Out of curiosity, what physically happens to Gwen in those moments when, like, what do other people see?
0: Here's the thing. Functionally, nothing. Mm-hmm. For you, it is the equivalent of, like, people see you all of a sudden take a really sharp gasp.
6: That's how I pictured it.
0: Yeah, it's basically the equivalent of, like, Jack finished saying his thing, and then you were like, huh! and then that was that entire scene was in the length of that gasp. Got it. Everything okay there, Gwen?
4: When you gasp, I flinch, immediately expecting you to kill five more people.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, fair. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Gwen comes to and just blurts out, Solaris was trying to stop my father. She was trying to stop my father and his accomplices and the rising of Leviathan. And then she looks right to Atlas because she knows that Atlas knows a lot about Leviathan. And she looks him just dead in the eyes, like waiting to see it hit him, what she just said. Mm -hmm. How how do you know this?
1: Atlas kind of takes that in and... um... They just say, okay, okay, slow down, slow down, slow down. What's happening?
6: I know it sounds crazy, but I think the man with the violet eyes might be trying to help us. At first, I thought that he was an invader possessing me to do horrible things, or that he was trying to use my body to carry out evil, evil deeds, but I. Something feels different. I think he's genuinely trying to warn us about something. He says that Leviathan will rise again and that Solaris was trying to stop that. But since Solaris was killed, it's now my responsibility.
1: He's thinking about it and they're like um, like they're thinking, they're, as they're thinking about it, they're kind of like, well um, it's a very large task, but if you believe so, well what do we do now?
6: Well, we can start by figuring out everything in Solaris' journal, because I think that's the key.
4: Help you read it? <sighs> well, didn't we hire Barney? Oh, that's right, we did.
1: And Barney, suppose, is on the case.
4: Yes, but he
5: needs time.
4: Okay, so guys, this I'm sure is all very important information and uh, i don't really know what's happening and i haven't known what's happening for the past fucking days days that are happening and i start to like have like a panic and i like i'm like i like i like okay calm down and then i just go can we please just focus on getting the ship back and then i need y'all to fill us in on every little fucking detail that you have left us out on okay
5: fine We'll do that, but this man with Percy's scent, we've got to deal with him before we can deal with the ship.
3: Isn't Jack in charge of that? Well,
4: that's what I
5: mean.
3: Jack is supposed to go and deal with that, right? Or did this suddenly change in the span of a breath that I was not aware of?
1: (laughs) No, you're right. But we are just putting things in an order.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You're totally right. So,
2: Jack... Is anyone going to be coming with me, or am I going by myself? I still haven't told, been told exactly what's going on. No. I, I mean, obviously you're coming with me, Cuddles. That's <laughs> the point of the obvious. Regardless, all right? We're, we're hooked onto each other. That's, that's just going to be the way it is. All right. That, you don't count. We are a unit. We are a package deal. All right. But does anybody else want to come? No. You go by yourself because you owe us that much.
4: We'll be at the, what's the equivalent of fantasy Starbucks?
0: <laughs> An inn?
4: <laughs> we'll be at...
3: Whatever inn, yeah.
4: I, whatever inn that is, and I point to inn sign. <laughs>
0: McTaverns. It's called
4: McTaverns. <laughs> we'll be at McTaverns, and you meet us there. While you sort out this business, we... We are gonna discuss whatever the fuck is going on because I need
2: to know. I'm like, cool. Yeah, I'm fine with that. If you all are. Okay, great. I just got roped into this, all right? And I, I, I really don't know what's going on. So point me in the right direction and let's go. Gwen gives Jack like a side smirk and just says,
5: good luck. Take this man with you. Get rid of him.
0: <laughs> and he, he's still just like, oh. God. Like just kind of going along.
2: (laughs) All right, come on.
3: So I guess we go to the end, and we we should probably get some rooms while we're there. I don't know how many we need. I
0: mean, so I would like to point out, Oliver did say he would provide you with room and board, but so did Eric, and you are still on good terms with Eric.
5: Yeah, let's. (gasps) I say we go to
3: Eric because uh, he. I don't know that this McTaverns is very safe. Well, let's let's wait there. We'll wait there, while, like we said.
4: Well, we're, th- we're, there's- we're just there while Jack gets information. And it's just a quick place for him to meet us.
2: Yeah. yeah. And then we'll go. I'm like, I'm
0: already gone. I have no <laughs> idea what you
2: were talking about right now. So
0: Yeah, Jack, you head up to this cop and uh, he's shockingly ordinary. And what I mean by that is if you saw this guy and then like you s- had an entire conversation with him, like three minutes after the conversation ended, you would not remember his face. The only real noticeable thing about him is he has a very, very, very faint scar at his hairline, kind of on the right side of his head. But other than that, he's got short, cropped hair. He's a cop. Kind of dull brown eyes, pale skin, you know, a nice smile, which is something to say in this environment on time. But otherwise, yeah, he's very nondescript. Totally normal. But he sees you walking up with a giant cat with wings and a man who has very clearly been beaten almost to the point of death. And you see, his hand goes to, like, the club on his hip, and uh, he just says, Can I help you with something, sir? Uh,
2: Hi, I'm Jack Harrison. I'm a Sky Marshal from the Altitude Exchange. I was uh, in the area investigating a case currently that I'm uh, tracking into uh, this lovely empire of yours. And unfortunately, looks like uh, you got a little bit of a uh, burning building there, and uh, this poor fella here was running away. So I didn't know what was happening. He looked a little sketch, and so I figured I'd bring him forward to you. Uh, your name is?
0: I want you to roll charm for me.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am definitely down for that.
0: Roll against two perks
2: for me. Oh, yeah. Two advantage.
0: Yeah, so this guy looks you up and down, and you can, he's not fully buying the story. He looks at the dude who's got the shit kicked out of him and he looks at where you were coming from versus like where the building. Was. You can see the wheels in his head are turning and not everything lines up, but he does buy the badge. He buys the badge. So he at least sees you as a peer, but he thinks you want something. And so he looks at you and he goes, keep a Jeffers at your service. Uh, sorry, sir. I mean, as you can see, uh, sort of... a." Uh, kerfuffle here. I have to attend to, but uh, you could head him uh, over to my station and some friends would be happy to book him. Well, I mean, I'd much rather just
2: let him in your hands so you can deal with the paperwork and not me, if you understand my meaning.
0: He kind of chuckles and he says, aye, but that means that I would have to be doing the paperwork. Ah, fair enough. Well, I do have a question though,
2: since I was in this area. What do you know about this burning location?
0: He kind of shrugs and he's just like, it's an old place. Uh, places this old tend to, you know, burn pretty heavily embedded into the stone, which, again, pretty standard for something this old. Ah, yeah, I see, I see. Generally, these things uh, burn quick. Not much left in the aftermath, especially with bars, uh, you know, leather treatments, any sort of chemical-based activities. Uh, old place. Oh, I had a t- drink or two myself here. But uh, other than that, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: so I'll tell you this is the usual beat for you then?
0: Yeah, uh, don't happen
2: to uh, walk the docks or anywhere else in the marketplace area around here? Roll or... charm.
4: You're so charming, Connor.
2: Apparently, against
0: what? <laughs> two purples. Boom, two successes and an advantage. Ooh. He looks back and forth and he just says, well, you know, I... This is generally where I spend my time, but uh, once in a while, you know, if uh, folks need uh, attending to down at the docks or on the first floor, I have been known to be called by my uh, superiors. If you catch my meaning.
2: Oh yes, I'm. I'm familiar with the uh, wink, wink, odd ah, job off the beaten path, so to speak. So I understand you perfectly. How about this? If if you take this man off the hands here. I'll give you some information uh, regarding how this uh, bar burned down. Does that sound that sound alright to you?
0: He raises an eyebrow and you see he's thinking about it and he reaches up to uh, scratch the back of his neck as he's thinking and you see as his sleeve goes by, you see a tattoo and the tattoo, it's an eye but in the eye you see there is a clasped staff with a single blue dot that is supposed to represent Gaia Hmm. And as you take a look at this tattoo, you see that when he does that, Cuddles starts growling. Pet,
2: pet, pet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> with this kind of thing, especially with the hand moving, this is the dude who killed Percy. Oh, He can smell the blood on his hand. Okay. Hmm.
2: Now, here's my question. Do I recognize that symbol from anywhere?
0: No. First time seeing it.
2: Okay. So I can't roll for it or anything like that?
0: Yeah, no. This is is not something you would have come across. No, just... Ah, okay. Uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, so I can't find out about it. Okay,
2: but I'm like
0: 100%
2: sure now that this
0: guy killed Percy. This dude murdered Percy. And... Painted the message in blood. And? You must pay for the sins of Solaris. Yeah, this dude has the most blood on his hands. Okay, gotcha. Well, so what are you thinking then? You, you, you want to take me up on my offer? Or? He kind of looks around and he just says, uh, well, I can't exactly uh, get some of that information here in the open now, can I? Let's say you and I go uh, over here and he kind of gestures to an alley that you two can move into and you won't be seen. So you can do this clandestine exchange. That sounds way gayer than I meant it to be. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was going to say, I'm like, ah, uh, so, uh, no, um, but, uh, we're
2: going to have, I think Jack's just going to shake his head and be just like, look, I'm just going to very calmly, uh, we'll leave the prisoner here with you. You know, it's simply a rescue or person of interest, at least, for you. So we don't have to do anything clandestine about this, and we can stay right here where anyone can see us as we talk about this. That way you can have me on statement for your report. Oh, roll negotiation. I finally get to use talking skills. Yeah.
0: (laughs) This is going to be against uh, three purples.
2: Two successes and a threat.
0: You see that he does agree. He does agree. Like, he, he doesn't move. But you do see that now he's starting to get a little suspicious. And uh, he's kind of looking around, and he is just like, you tell me what happened first, and then I'll take him. So I'm going to now,
2: <laughs> because I can't, I'm going to literally push him towards it and just be just like, the Vasuskar got loose. I don't know what happened. And then just run in the opposite direction. Ah.
0: So you do. You push the prisoner into, into the cop. Yes. Okay, so you push him into the into the keeper. I love how you called him by the nation. It's <laughs> like the France got loose. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't know what we were calling the Vikings. No, that's fine. That's fine. You did good. Uh
2: <laughs> Vasuskarian?
0: No, Uskarian was no. what it would be. Uskarian. Okay, gotcha.
2: The Uskarians are loose. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> So you push him. And Cuddles is used to this kind of uh, thing. And so while you push. this tactic? Yeah, while you push, Cuddles uh, takes his wings and he flaps really powerfully in a small surge of magic and creates a whirlwind that kicks up dust and ash and smoke from the fire. And it starts whirling around you to cover the two of yours escape. Nice. And you successfully make it back to McTavern's.
2: Oh, also, me and Cuddles are definitely pounding it right outside the front door. Mow. As we <laughs> normally do. Mow. I assume right, right
4: before he gets back, like just, I'm, I'm assuming like Gwen and Atlas filled us all in on all the details, the man with the violet eyes, the party, you know, her visions, what she's been seeing. So we're all like square
0: now. Yes. And that includes the most recent information that I'm, I'm assuming Gwen, the most recent information where it was the officer has the clue referring to the man that, jack was going after which pointedly you did not do what he says which i think is very anti-authority of gwen and very sexy of her (laughs) but yeah so that officer has the clue right and yeah solaris who was writing the journal luna's older brother he was the agent of the man with the violet eyes he was attempting to stop the rising of leviathan leviathan basically being avatar the last airbender imagine if the avatar was godzilla that's leviathan Gwen's dad and his compatriots are somehow involved in the rising and the details of what exactly the rising is and how to stop it are all documented in the journal.
4: Great.
5: So let's find someplace to go to sleep or at least to have a private conversation.
2: I assume Connor's going to, or Jack's going to bust in this door right now. Right? Well, Chris, do you want to have a scene of everyone at the table or do you want me to just come in?
0: I, I assume we're coming in in media res where it's like they're winding down Gwen and Atlas's debriefing.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah
2: my bad. Montage scene. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm just going to open up the door and be just like, all right, figured it out. And the prisoner is no longer of a concern of ours. So, so, so we're golden.
4: Right. Okay.
3: What did you figure out?
2: That officer that was investigating the fire, he, he definitely did it. Cuddles confirmed it. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Where is he? I wasn't able to get a hold of him. What? Do- Do- (gasps) Well, what what do you mean? Is he in the street? We are in the middle of a crime scene where investigators, where the keepers, are surrounding the area trying to find out what happens. Probably not the best time to be kidnapping a keeper.
1: He's got a point.
5: Perhaps not, and perhaps it's not the best time to be having this conversation out in public. I think we ought to find some place a little safer. To have this conversation.
3: Do you know who hurt my ship?
2: Yes. <gasps>
5: Incredible. Don't tell her until we get back to a safe location. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll never see her again.
2: <laughs> I was going to say, y'all figure out where the heck I'm sleeping tonight. Otherwise, I'm just going to have to go back to the travel barracks. And I hate that place. No. Well, I love you, Cuddles, but you don't like that place either. No, Come on, no. you know the walls and there's no good food oh, and no. they don't treat you right. Yeah, I know. It's sad.
3: We're going to go back to, to Eric, yes? Yes. He said he'd give us lodging, now that Oliver has unfortunately-
4: So wait,
2: we're just going to let this guy go and find him later?
4: Yes,
3: yes, yes, yes. Yes.
2: That is a smart play here, Travis.
3: Unfortunately, Jack is right in this one instance,
2: so- Pardon me, young ma'am. I'm pretty sure I'm right in a lot of different s- situations. We don't have time for this. We don't have time for this.
4: I literally just, like, dumbfounded just look at Gwen. Like, I'm like, can you at least support me on- There's a lot
5: of planning to be done. We've got to find a place to do it. And Cassandra's just going to walk up, get up, and leave.
6: Gwen wants so badly to agree with Travis, but she just has the voice of the man with the violet eyes in her head telling her that this guy is somehow the key and has a- an important clue, so she's just going to go along with it. She just sort of shrugs at Travis.
3: As Cassandra, like, gets up and walks out Sir, he goes, I think I might have rubbed off on her.
2: <laughs> I'm just so defeated. <laughs> I just want to pat Travis on the back and be just like, Don't worry, son. Now that uh, Cuddle's here, has the scent, and we know the individual we're looking for, I'll be able to find him pretty damn quickly. Wow. Okay,
4: that does actually give me a little bit... I'm like, okay... Fair. I, I didn't think about that. i just I just wanted it to happen now.
2: But uh, okay, I understand. I understand the early worm or the early bird gets the worm. All right. But right now we need to be smart. Wait a little bit and head back and see what happens. All right. So let's go hang out with this uh, Eric character.
0: Okay. Cuddles walks over to Atlas and uh, just says, "Are they always this uppity?"
1: Yeah, but usually it's in a fun way. <laughs>
0: And Cuddles considers that for a second, then looks up at Atlas and just says, I like you. And then just walks off. <laughs> Beautiful. You gain a relationship point with, <laughs> with Cuddles. Oh, gosh. With my best friend. <laughs> you feel your relationship with Cuddles has grown stronger.
1: Cuddles will remember
0: this.
4: (laughs) Travis disliked that. that, Just fill that in. On like every
0: decision, (laughs) Travis disliked that. Okay, so are you heading to the uh, upper levels to see Eric then?
3: Yes. 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 But along the way, is there a place where I can buy my lightning sword?
0: We're going to go on a shopping trip in a bit. Great. Let me put it like this. Yes, but we're not stopping there soon. You guys, pretty soon you guys are going to be able to upgrade your gear.
3: Oh. Mama's
0: getting a lightning sword. <laughs> we talked about this. Wow, wait a metagame, Alex. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> damn. But well, to be fair, I did talk about my new shotgun at the top.
0: Like, all this shit's happening and you're on you're on shopping right now? Amazing. You'll get your lightning sword and uh, Mike will get a shotgun that fires big titty golf girlfriends and everybody will be happy. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go see Eric. Oh, gosh. So you head upstairs and you head up to Eric. Again, just the staggering difference between the upper city and the lower city is just. Entirely different places. As you're going around, the sun is beginning to set. You guys have had a busy day. But the sun is beginning to set and the streets are paved with marble. There are trees everywhere, beautiful brick structures, wrought iron that is laced with silver. And as you're moving through the space, you head to the Houses of Parliament. And um, Eric is actually heading out towards you. And he kind of stops and he sees all of you and he sees Jack and he sees the cat and then he looks at you and then he sighs and then he just says, Oliver doesn't want to deal with you. So it's me. Yes. 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 Bingo. (laughs) And I say, uh, word travels quick, don't it? And uh, he shakes his head and he says, no, I just know Oliver and I'm beginning to know you. (laughs) He uh, looks at Cuddles. Before even saying anything to Jack, just gives like a little bow to Cuddles and just says, Mighty Hunter. And then uh, moves to uh, shake Jack's hand and he says, Baron Eric Vern, at your service, sir. Uh, Jack Harrison, Sky Marshal, sir. Pleasure to make your acquaintance. Likewise. And he shakes your hand. It's a good grip. This is, he's polite, professional, likable. Shakes your hand.
2: I was going to say, I'm liking him so far. He already bowed to my cat. Hell yeah. <laughs> this guy's <just> a
0: champ. <laughs> Cuddles is immediately in a great mood, like, wow. <laughs> But yeah, he looks at you and he says, I'm assuming you need lodgings then.
3: Yes. Yes.
0: Very well. Um, <sighs> a moment, please. And you see he steps to the side and he pulls out a scrying mirror, a very, very expensive two-way communication device that only connects to one other mirror in the world. And he pulls it out and uh, he has a very brief conversation. And then he puts the mirror away and he says, well... Then, for the time being and for the foreseeable future, you'll be staying with me at my estate.
4: A yeah. party at Vern's.
0: Thank you, thank you.
4: I hope we don't burn it down.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and Surrey, Surrey literally like smacks, like does like the mom smack of like but <laughs> I
0: love how uh, at <laughs> the start of this adventure. Travis was the one having to rein Surrey in and now at this point <laughs> Surrey is just a Travis thousand, has lost it just a thousand and one percent done with Travis it's been a rough couple of weeks
3: yeah we need a nap
0: <laughs> yeah so you start on your way does anyone have anything they'd like to say to Eric or are we okay with just uh, cutting straight to when you arrive at the manor
1: I'm okay with cutting straight to the manor
0: okay cool so you head to his estate Which, shockingly, is not a floating house. Uh, It is actually in the first level of, it's on the, the upper city, it is on the actual city proper, it is not flying. But you also see that this has been a recent choice, and you can see kind of around there was sort of a... Socket shape that has been refilled. You see, there is ground that has been recently paved over it that is much fresher than the area surrounding it. And so the house was flying, and since then, Eric has grounded the home. It is a very lovely, stately house. It's not, you know, Victorian mansion size, but it has beautiful wood paneling on the outside. And notably, there are two gargoyles above the front door. And both of them have chips of geasite in the eye sockets. Pure geasite. As he approaches the building, he lifts uh, a hand, and you see a ring on his hand glows very quick bright blue, and then it flashes twice, and you see the gargoyles shift, and they lean back, and they are at the... Basically, you see they were kind of at attention, and now they actually lean forward and look more relaxed and he's deactivated a security system. And you see he looks at you and he just says, we'll equip you with rings to make your entrance and exit easier. As he's moving forward, a butler opens the door, and the butler is shockingly young. Like, looking-wise, Eric is maybe 24, 25 years old. The butler looks maybe 20. And so uh, he, he gives a low bow, and he says, Lord Baron, and guests you see the man first and foremost looks at the cat and then looks at Cassandra and then looks at Eric like oh my god is this fucking shit happening are we really doing this and uh, Eric just kind of nods and kind of moves him in and you guys enter and it's comfortable and you see despite the exterior being like very fashionable and well made you see that this is something that Eric has inherited and the interior is actually much more modest And it's filled with very sensible paintings, but nothing grandiose, nothing gilded. Uh, Just very simple wood paneling, rich wood, beautiful wood. But comparatively, this is like walking into a penthouse apartment and finding, like, a basement apartment is basically the...
5: It's just filled with Ikea furniture.
0: Basically, like...
5: Good Ikea furniture. Yeah,
0: it's well-made, it's well-maintained, it's a very beautiful home, but it's not extravagant. It's not excessive. And as he's leading you through, you see you go to a table, and there's a full meal already laid out for you guys. And he says, I'll give you a moment to feed yourselves and freshen up. When you're finished, ask Arnold, and he points to the butler, where your rooms are. Those have already been prepared. If you'll excuse me, I have work that uh, requires my immediate attention. Should you require me, I will be in my study. And uh, he turns and he leaves the room uh, with you guys at the table with your food.
4: Wow, what a day.
3: Suri just starts eating. She has nothing to say at the moment.
0: So
2: Jack is just, like, devouring everything like he hasn't eaten a meal in freaking weeks. And Cuddles is just going ham on some fish. And it is wondrous. Just like the straight-up Dragon Ball Z. <laughs>
0: just going ham on this side. You are in an anime. Exactly.
5: It's always that one person who, in every anime, eats
4: like a crazy person.
2: It is true. They do exist. And that is Jack, because Jack does not know when his next meal is.
4: (laughs) I look at Gwen, and I'm going to be like, Before all that shit went down, who was that at the bar that made you freak out?
2: (laughs) Gwen's whole face goes red. Yeah, the cute little number that handed me that uh, note from earlier. Is that why your eyes glue up all red and you killed four people? No,
6: that's ridiculous. Of course not. No, she had nothing to do with that. I.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: We.
4: <laughs> Atlas, why are you laughing?
3: Did you fuck? <laughs> 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 I look at her and go, Did you fuck? <laughs> And Gwen's whole
6: face goes red. She tries to act like a badass all the time, but she is, like, young. (laughs) So her whole face just goes, this time, tomato
2: red, even redder than before. Captain Hawk, I'll have you remember that this is a very kind woman, okay? I'm sure that she is very good with her virtues. I'm
3: so sorry, I'm so sorry. Did you make love?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Jack, just immediate, just forehead, palm.
6: Gwen just gives a a look that implies yes, but doesn't say anything. And instead just buries her face in her hands. And her cheeks are really hot. And she just says, <sighs> you know, we, we dated. We dated a long time ago. It, we haven't seen each other in years. And I just didn't expect to see her here. And things didn't end well. Ugh, it was a mess. I really don't want to get into it.
3: Ooh, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> and Gwen just looks at her
6: like, what? <laughs>
3: live and let live, honey. There's hundreds of them out there. You'll find one. I promise. I haven't, but eventually someone might just turn up. Oliver's butt was beautiful today, and I must say. Unfortunately, you were the one who made me lose that chance, but I will forgive you in this one instance.
6: Gwen can't help but laugh and giggle. (laughs) But she still feels a little queasy, even like thinking about telling everyone everything. So she just laughs it off. And it's like
4: a story for another time. (laughs) So before we talk about plans to get the guy that wrecked our ship, Atlas, in regards to this scar, I'm still in shock as to what you were able to do without even realizing that you were able to do it. I mean, is, is, is this safe?
1: Well, truth be told, I've never encountered anything like this before, but then I look over to Gwen. I say, if if it's like any other magic, it's as, it's as powerful and as destructive as the hands of the person using it. And
4: I have my utmost trust and respect in Gwen. That's high praise. And I, I just start, I Gwen again and I go, do you really think you could keep it under control?
6: To be honest, I'm not sure. At first, I was really, really afraid of it because I wasn't sure exactly what I would be capable of in those moments where he took over. But now that I seem to know the situation a little better and now that it's happened more often, something I've noticed is that every time that he has interfered, it has been in our best interest. And
5: I think that says a lot.
4: And what do you think, uh, Miss Speaker?
5: Grin, you can't let him take control of you anymore. You've got to work with him.
6: I, I know. I'm not, I'm not letting him. I'm not inviting it. He just does it, and you're right. We have to figure out some sort of way for me to have at least some control of what I'm doing because the way that it's going it's a little too unpredictable can you speak to him i try i mean i spoke to him just earlier today and i I tried to to tell him that he has to give me some sort of warning or stop taking over and give me a better explanation for why he's doing everything he's doing but he's so cryptic when he talks to me it's like he is leaving something out on purpose, saying that he can't tell me everything yet and to just go to Solaris's journal and everything's in the journal and he won't explain anything. So I I don't know if he's going to listen to reason, but I know that we have to figure out a way together. I need your help. I know that I'm not in a position to be asking for it after I lied to you for so long, but I really need you all to help me figure out why this is happening to me and how I can gain more control of it because it's a little
5: unpredictable, the way it is. You've got to try and talk to him. You've got to try and use the power. He's always connected to you. Always. Which means that there must be a way for you to use the power even when he's not controlling you. You've got to find that, Gwen. You're right. You're absolutely right, that's... That's what has to happen, but
6: I don't know how, and maybe there's someone out there that does. Maybe we can figure out who that is. Maybe someone can teach me how to use it.
0: Is Solaris dead? Yeah, Solaris is dead. His journal was held by J.D. Pierce III. Luna needed y'all's help to break in so she could steal it.
4: So what do you think your father has to do with all this? I mean, I know the guy's a
2: prick, but... (laughs) I want to stop real quick and, like, look around now that we're, like, starting to bring up real names and not just, like, talking about mystical forces. Because I want to make sure no one can hear us. Like, no one's listening in. Because, like, kitchen staff or anything like that.
0: Oh, the butler. Roll perception for me.
2: Would that be perception or would that be vigilance? Ooh, good
0: call. That is vigilance, actually. Smart man. Smart man. Actually, that's going to be a group check. Everybody roll vigilance. Against what? Two perps. Standard check.
4: I rolled a, a one success.
0: I got
2: three failures, but three advantages and a triumph. <laughs> mine, all mine canceled out.
3: I got one success and two threat. I got one success and
5: two advantage. So do we do that like all, do we add those all up together?
0: So all in all, everybody succeeded except for Atlas, who did Wait, not Gwen, pass the check.
5: Gwen, you didn't roll against anything.
0: Oh, oops. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> I, was, I was like, wow, that's a really good roll. And then, oh, it's too good. Yeah, two purples, please.
6: No wonder I was like, wow. <laughs> She's
0: very perceptive today. She is pretty perceptive still. So it was three success, two threat. Okay. So here's what happens. I'm imagining Jack does something like where you guys look up and you start talking and then Jack kind of like raises his hand and like puts a finger to his lips. And then you all just kind of like look around and stuff. You hear kind of around you. There's a pause and it's quiet. And then all of a sudden you hear bustling around you again. Like there were people who were listening, who were staff. And Now they're like, oh, back to work, do work stuff. Cuddles looks at you and then looks over at the main entrance and then looks back at you and just goes, "Mao." Yeah, you think we still got some people around? Mao. And then gets. (laughs) Then Cuddles gets up and just heads through. And you just hear from like. What the fuck? Is that
2: a scum? Okay, all right,
0: all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, What the hell? Basically Cuddles cowing people away and doing their jobs.
2: Thank you, Cuddles.
0: And then Cuddles comes back in looking very pleased with himself and then settles down next to you again and starts absently uh, licking at the plate where the fish was.
2: And I'm just like, good boy, good boy. Yes, you are, sir. Yes, you are. Huge purrs. Before
6: answering Travis's question, Gwen leans in a little closer, just in case, um, speaks a little lower and says, It's my understanding that the rise of Leviathan would mean death and destruction for the entire world. And I'm having a hard time figuring out why my father's involvement or how my father's involvement could possibly benefit him in that situation. Because if the rise of Leviathan brings death to us all, I just don't see what he could possibly have to gain from that. But yet I, f- I have this strong feeling, and based on everything we know, it, just, it all points to my father being involved in some way. I'm not sure exactly how, but I know that he would never do anything unless the reward was significant for himself. Perhaps he doesn't know. You think? I mean, my father may be insane, but he's not stupid. You really think he'd be dumb enough to, I don't know, I guess anything is possible when we're dealing with something as massive as we are.
1: If he doesn't know what the true ulterior motive is, and, you know, he only sees the the, cra- the cash coming in, then
4: who knows? Do you think, I mean, you're, you were being controlled. Do you think your father might be being controlled himself?
6: That's a great question. I mean, I hadn't... I hadn't really thought about it because I'm being controlled by someone that clearly is trying to stop the rise of Leviathan. But I suppose if that's possible for that to happen to me, it's possible for that to happen to my father in the opposite way. Perhaps someone is acting similarly on him and trying to get him to help Leviathan return.
4: Do we know what Leviathan is? Or is that just code?
3: We know it's the monster.
4: <laughs>
6: <laughs> I thought we've talked about it as a party before.
0: As a refresher Thank and, you guys, and Katty. for the audience as well. Yes, you're welcome. I am the teacher. Please learn, my child. Um, <laughs> Leviathan was a protector of the world several several centuries ago and basically became corrupted from the energy of the maelstrom and went on a massive rampage, almost destroyed all of human civilization. But then seven warriors of light were able to work together and defeat Leviathan. The place where they were able to do it, they performed a massive magical ritual in an attempt to defeat Leviathan. Somehow the ritual went awry. The island where this ritual happened, where the final battle against Leviathan took place, it sank into the sea. And has since been called, uh, there's two names that it goes by. It either goes by the Blighted Grove or the Garden. And this has been the focus of Atlas's basically his entire academic career. So whatever is going on, someone is trying to resurrect that creature. And the journal, supposedly, according to the man with the violet eyes, explains how.
4: Understood. Thank you. Of course. Appreciate it.
0: Yes. I clap my hands together and I go, that
4: journal uh, being deciphered I think will help us out a lot. In the meantime, what the fuck do we do about our ship?
3: What the fuck do we do about the
2: man who hurt my ship? We have to get him. What the fuck do we do about the guy that stole the Gaiacite from my town?
3: That is not <laughs>
4: important! <It's laughs> so we literally <laughs> stands.
2: Okay, Jack.
4: Jack. Okay. You know what, you win, bud, you win. You've pushed me to the edge. If you help us get our ship back in shape, I will help you personally find this asshole that stole your goddamn Gaia site, okay? A favor for a favor.
2: Yeah, is that a promise?
4: I like grit my teeth and I clench every ounce of my body and I'm like, it's a promise.
6: You know, my dad has a bunch, right? We could break into his estate and take a lot of guys' sight if we really needed to.
2: Just saying. What I want to talk about, if we can, is anyone still talking or not? Like, it, we, we made sure no one was listening, right? So we're good here. So if, if we're going to talk about this. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, cuddle. So I appreciate the vote of confidence here. Let's figure this out. So the thing that we're trying to do is fix the Wren. That's the first step that we really got to figure out. And the dude that took the Wren, or destroyed it, I should say. Oh, I shouldn't say destroy it.
3: So he looks distraught. She's like... <laughs> 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 <Sorry>.
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> the individual that's apparently, at least somewhat, a part of this is this Officer Jeffers. And he's got Percy's blood on him. And after talking to him, it's clear he's corrupt. Because this was... Done, paid for by someone else. It was not on police business that this happened. Obviously.
3: Can we go tomorrow? Can you lure him out, asking to speak to him about the man we brought in, and then we kidnap him?
2: Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about, Suri, is what if we went and talked to try to figure out where this guy's located at, and then we can just talk to him when he comes home tomorrow evening.
3: Oh, so no, no kidnapping, just like going to his house. All right, all right that's also
2: commendable. No kidnapping required. We don't, we don't need to do anything like that. Breaking and entering is a misdemeanor in certain areas. That's debatable. Yeah, we're... Just a B&E. All
3: right, I think that's a good idea. Travis, crew?
2: I'll take a misdemeanor over a felony any day of the week, thank you very much.
3: We do
5: have magic, so really, it would just be entering, not really break, breaking anything. She has a point there, and I'm so proud of you.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, really? Wow, this...
4: Bad Girls Club.
0: Oh, uh, uh, Cassandra's Descent.
4: I also like, you know, back in the day, uh, you know, how I got my start, essentially, um, I can build a,
2: quite a few contraptions that would help with breaking and entering. So. Well, there we go. So, my idea is that we wait for him to come home, and we're all there. He can't go anywhere, and we'll just talk to him there. And at that point, we can leave. We control the environment, we control the situation, and we have the conversation. And a little bit of privacy.
5: Sounds like the best plan. What if he screams
4: for help?
2: Mom. Have you met my friend?
4: Hmm, good point. Mom. I put a gun on the table and I go, have you met mine?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. You see uh, Cuddles looks at the gun and mouths and Atlas, you hear that Cuddles says, so uncivilized.
1: <laughs> I lean over to Cuddles and I say, oh, don't worry, he's just a primitive man.
4: I see like you, you say something to Cuddles and then you like, I, I, I just picture you smiling at me and I'm like, hell yeah.
2: <laughs> Whatever you just said, dude, ha- thank you.
0: Is there anything anyone else would like to do in this scene?
2: Well, I think that's the main focus is just plan for this attack. Not at dinner.
5: Yeah, not at this dinner. Cassandra wants to go talk to... Go knock on the study door.
2: Okay. And I want to talk to Captain Hawk at some point. Ooh. I also would like to talk to Captain Hawk at Ooh. some point. I
5: should talk to Captain Hawk. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what, no one wants to talk to me? <laughs> okay, so we've got Travis and Atlas want to talk to Siri and. No, I do. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. Jack and uh, Atlas would like to talk to Suri, and Cassandra would like to talk to Eric. So which, which scene do you guys want to do first? I'm, I'm flexible.
1: Can I talk with Suri real quick? Yeah, go ahead. I uh, go up to, to Suri's door, and I give it a knock, and you hear me say, uh, Permission to board?
3: Permission granted. Suri's just chilling.
1: I walk in, and um, I offer a cigarette.
3: So he doesn't smoke, but she takes it anyway. There's like a there's something in her that's like, I'm going to do this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I light the cigarette and I say, um, I wanted to say personally, I'm I'm sorry. I know that secrets are quite unkosher, if it were. I've seen them really eat away at a adventuring party. But I want you to know that I think Gwen has quite a good head on her shoulders I trusted her decision, and though I am sorry that I put you in danger, I, I just hope you know that she's trying to do the right thing. And in part of doing that, you sometimes do the wrong thing. So, as a bit of a mentor, I should take some of that blame. I'm sorry.
3: Sorry, sits with him for a moment. She doesn't smoke. She just holds the cigarette. She takes a deep breath, and she's like, I'm not mad about the deceiving. I'm mad that the only reason it came up was because you put us in danger. I understand that people have secrets. I may not always understand the secrets, but when it comes to this kind of massive, massive danger that could have killed any of us today without any of my knowledge, that's when I get angry. And I, for some reason really care about all of you. And it's very irritating, might I add. <laughs> but I appreciate your apology, and I promise not to be too hard on Gwen. I might want to scare her a little bit so it doesn't happen again, but I promise not to be too hard on her, and thank you for accepting some of the blame.
1: I chuckle and I say, "Well, you know, I'm not going to tell you how to run your ship. Just uh, see you in the morning."
3: I will see you then.
1: I offer the handshake, and I go to shake <laughs> it, and then I hold
5: up the cigarette,
3: and I'm like, "I'm not, I'm not actually going to smoke this. Do you want this back?"
1: Oh, don't worry, I'll, I'll take that back.
3: Hands it over.
1: I take the cigarette, and then I go next door to Travis, and uh, I knock on the door, and I'm like, "Hey, Travis, you want a cigarette?" I, am, I
4: open the door, I grab it, I shut it. <laughs> Oh, he made it. <laughs> He's so I'm made. just, I'm I'm not mad. I'm just,
2: it's time for <laughs> bed. Okay. <laughs> so. Jack, you wanted a scene with Suri? So first off, I'm going to uh, talk to Cuddles <laughs> and be just like, all right, so uh, we're in a new environment. Wow. All right, we have uh, already known that people have been listening to you and to all this. Wow. All right, so because of that, I need you to be on patrol as well, but Specifically for <laughs> the people that we got around us. Alright? Right. Nothing nefarious. Anything happens, you come back to me, right?
0: Mama. Alright. Let's do it. Wow. And then goes off prowling.
2: Alright. And then so I'm going to be like looking around in the kitchen area and find like a bottle of whiskey and two cups. And then I'm going to go up to Suri's door and do like a musical knock, as if I've done this a hundred times before with her.
3: And you from the other side you hear. Jack, come in.
2: I'm just going to open the door, and I have the whiskey and the two glasses, and I just immediately pour both, give Captain Hawk one, and I'm going to like sit at the desk in the room, lean back, and be just like, what on earth have you gotten me into? We got a kid with freaking the biggest gun in the world, apparently, that can go off whenever. We got a teacher, clearly who I'm sure knows some things, but is a teacher. And then we also have the Dictatarian, who is also a child. And then, I mean, you know, Travis is Travis. We're all <laughs> aware of him and his whole spiel. So I'm not even going to get into that one. But we're talking about the Rising. We're talking about monsters. I I was just coming over here to figure out what's happening with Sight, and you got me wrapped up into this.
3: Sorry. Drinks the entire thing in one gulp. Like, literally, it burns, and she's just sitting there, and she looks at him, and she goes, For the first time in my life, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing.
2: And I top off her glass again.
3: (laughs) She looks at him, and she's just like, I am lost. I'm trying my best, and I truly don't know. I have no information for you, Jack. I am as confused as you are at this point, and apparently- No one likes to tell each other things, so it's been a day.
2: I mean, it sounds like it. We started with your uh, ship apparently getting trashed and a person dead on it, and then we apparently ran into the coven guys, and that Oliver guy was a real asshole, all right? I'ma say it now, and I'ma say it proud. That dude was a real asshole, okay? And don't get mad at me for stopping him From gunning down some guy in cold blood, bounded, in order to hide crimes. No thank you. I'm not okay with that. Jack, listen. Listen.
3: I need you and Cuddles on this ship. And there's going to be things that you're not going to like. People are going to die. I am terrified that it could be any of us at any point. And here's the deal. You're going to have to do some things that are pretty illegal. And I need you to shut up and do them. (laughs) I need you to listen and follow. When you're on my ship, you follow me. Do you understand?
2: Yes, ma'am. On your ship.
3: She drinks the whole glass again. (laughs) She shuts it.
2: He tops it off.
3: (laughs) She looks at him and she goes, yes, fine, fine. But if you put a single member of my crew in danger, you will lose fingers. Do you understand me?
2: Perfectly clear, ma'am. I'm not trying to get into anybody's way, and I'm not trying to have anybody here hurt. My goal is to try to get everyone home if we can. And I know that's not always going to be possible, but I'm damn near going to try. <sighs>
0: <Fine. laughs>
3: and then she looks at him, and she takes, she takes it again, and she takes the whole thing back and doesn't put it down. She looks at me and goes, I... Appreciate your help with this. <laughs> <laughs> she puts the last
2: down. Sorry, sorry. What? I, I, I don't think Jack, I heard that Jack. correctly. Sorry. <laughs> I appreciate your help with this. Sorry, over the fire that we had today. You know, my hearing's just not, <laughs> not the right.
3: I will stab you. My <laughs> knife is in my
2: coat. All right. I know. All right. I apologize. I don't need another stab. Okay. Thank you very much. I know, I know what's up anyways. Okay, well, I'll, damn it, sorry. How many lessons is the teacher going to have me learn with you? That's ridiculous.
3: You can go ask her, she's in the room next to us, and honestly, I don't know at this point, all right?
2: Gosh, I just might have to after this. Either way, if you need something on the ship, I promise that I will do everything that you ask, and I will not ask questions about it because that is your ship, that is your house, I will follow those rules. But, if you try to have me do something that goes against who I am as a person, I don't know if we're gonna be okay with that. Off the ship.
3: She looks up and down, she goes, I can promise on my end I will understand, but I am not in charge
2: of Travis,
3: and he might (laughs) ruin you.
2: (laughs) And I can promise on my end that I will do what I can to defend your crew as long as I'm a part of it. Even Travis.
3: And she, she, she holds out her hand <laughs> and then she holds out the glass.
2: Yeah, I was going to say and Jack goes and shakes it as well. Like we've done this as if this has been like the fourth time it's happened and then we cheers glasses. <laughs> yes. And then I'm going to go.
0: All right. So Cassandra, you, uh, you wanted to talk to Eric. So the study door is closed to you. He's in the study and you can hear uh, the sound of faint music.
5: She's just going to go open the door.
0: You're not even going to knock or anything? Nope. So you open it, and um, he's bent over his desk, and he sees you come in. There's a look of, like, shock, and then there's a look of, like, oh, shit. And he kind of, like, moves some papers on top of what he was working on. And he says, like, uh, uh, mm, Madam Speaker, uh, may I may I uh, assist with any, anything that you may need to... Do.
5: Why are you part of the coven?
0: He pauses for a second, and um, he thinks about it for a really long time. He gestures towards... There's a seat at his desk, and he gestures for you to sit down. Yeah, she'll sit down. He thinks about it for a second, and he's leaning back in his chair, and eventually he just says, When I was a boy, my father took me to the pits. Do you know what the pits are? No. They are... Fighting rings for child warlocks. They battle and fight and throw around magic and kill each other.
5: Children.
0: Children. It is one way to curb the growth of illegal mages. The ones that win fights are often rewarded with food and narcotics. They are conditioned to want violence. The ones that survive until, well, puberty, really, are often taken to be trained as members of the Inquisition. Others can, not often, but can win their freedom and escape. While I was there, I, I saw a child beat a little girl to death. He used magic to augment his own body and beat her to death with his own fist. And from that moment I knew, I could no longer participate. I could no longer, in good conscience, sleep in a society where that was considered a norm. So, at the end of the day, what I do, I do for children. So, never again.
5: And the pits, they're still open. Or have they been shut down?
0: Every night, they draw crowds
5: and coin. But how can you stand... To work with men like Oliver.
0: He thinks about that for a bit and he says, Ultimately, the Coven is fighting for the soul of a nation. It's not just about individuals or even systems of government. It is ideology, culture. It's a war. And unfortunately, men like Oliver are required to win wars. Oliver fought his way out of the pit. He understands, he grew up in it, and he is a terrifying enemy. I would much rather have him on my side than have to operate against him. And if any man is capable of bringing the Empire into an era where all knowledge, all magic is freely practiced by all involved, Oliver Ronin will be leading that march. Perhaps. Why do you ask me? The pursuit of
5: knowledge, I guess.
0: He kind of smiles at that.
5: You've offered to introduce me to the Emperor.
0: Yes, I have.
5: When do you think we can do that?
0: Within the
2: week.
5: Good. We have business to take care of tomorrow night. But any other time this week, the sooner the better. Things must change. But I have... Many questions to ask that you cannot answer.
0: Thank and, you
5: for those you can
0: and uh, he bows his head and he says, "If I may, uh, he leans down into his desk and he's pulling something out, and as he does, he kind of accidentally brushes aside some paper and you see what he was working on. He was sketching you, just your face and he he comes up and he hands you a small book. It simply says warlock and strife and he hands it to you and he says this is the manifesto that sparked the coven uh perhaps in reading it you may understand more and may inform the questions you wish to ask
5: thank you those with knowledge are truly blessed thank you for sharing yours she's gonna leave and take the book and go back to her room And she has a question for the teacher.
0: I don't know how I roll with this system. You spend a story point, and then you ask me, the game master, the question. And then you make a divine magic check against three purple. So ask me the question first and then roll. And again, you can only ever ask one question. You can never repeat this question ever again.
5: Is it right to join the coven?
0: So to clarify, you're asking if Cassandra should join the coven. Yeah. Okay, cool. Not like in general, the esoteric, like, is the coven valid to join? No. But like specifically, should Cassandra join the coven? Yes. Three okay.
5: purple, right? Three purple. Four success, one threat.
0: So Cassandra, your tattoos all glow and they begin to liquefy and pour into your eyes. And the room goes entirely dark. You look around you and you see the city as though the walls are totally away and the city is burning. There is fire and dust and ash and screams and panic and you see there is a mob that is tearing through the city. And you see that from the tunnels underneath Plataea, the people are coming in droves in a swarm, a a flood of human life rushing forward, and anything in their way is trampled or burned or cut down. And as they are going, you see that there is a figure at the front, and you can't see their face, but then they split into two, and to three, and to four, and to five, and it keeps spreading, and you see that the fire is burning in them, and then the fire rushes out from behind them and begins burning the people incinerating the people behind them. And when everything clears and everything is settled, you see a handful of people are beginning to rise from the ash, and you look, and you see it's you that is helping them up. It's you that is pulling them up. And eventually they all rise together, and they follow you. And everywhere you go, there is a wake of magic behind you that extinguishes the flame. And eventually you make your way to the capitol building. And the capitol building fills with light. And the light shoots from the capitol building directly into the imperial palace that is flying. And the light shines through the Site palace in this beautiful, magnificent rainbow that completely shifts and flashes through colors. And then you're back in your room.
5: Thank you, great teacher. For the visions and for the knowledge.
0: So we're going to cut away from that, and we cut away to the office of one Duke Henry Maguson. And in Maguson's office, we see a man we've not seen before, and he has short blue hair and a mustache. That is neatly trimmed. Think very Howard Stark in Captain America First Avenger. Very proper, very uh, Walt Aww. Disney looking motherfucker, right? He is saying, it is simply a matter of time. We, we only have so much time and I, I can only commit so many resources to the fleet. And Maguson raises a finger and the man quiets and he just says, Simon. We reached an agreement. If you want them to live, if you want to live through what is coming, and if you want to remain safe, you deliver the fleet on time. And if not, we burn you, and I will eat your heart. And Simon swallows, and uh, he kind of nods, and... Megason looks down and it's clearly a dismissal. When Simon leaves, a, another man comes in who's in a police uniform and uh, he he leans back and he just says, well, what do you have for me? And uh, he says, uh, uh, apology, sir, but uh, you, you'll you want to know this. Uh, Cameron Jeffers is uh, working with you. Megason kind of sits up straight and he goes, yeah. Yes and he says he and um <clears throat> some of the boys got a little overzealous and attempted to go after uh the the transport upon which the speaker and uh Ms Godwin have been traveling on and uh he he pauses and he says and it appears that they may have left a uh <clears throat> a message and Maguson looks and he says. A message related to the work Aramis is doing. The officer nods and he says, Yes, sir, that, uh, something about Solaris. And Megasin jolts up and he says, Well, execute Jaffers. And that is where we are ending tonight's episode. Nah. Shit! Of course, well, of
4: course. I knew we shouldn't have waited.
0: <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> yeah. well,
1: now I can post this. Make this shit.
0: Worse. Oh god! Yay! So that was the episode. Dang, gang! We got That's we got good some good one. shit oh, going on.
4: Damn, that was a lot. <laughs> this is a heavy a episode. A <laughs>
0: oh man! All right, so as usual. We have our two awards for the evening. First, of course, is MVP, Most Valuable Player, who mechanically assisted the best using the mechanics of the game. Who helped the party reach their goal?
4: Now, I'm torn. (laughs) I'm split. Because Connor, Jack fucked the party, but then he also (laughs) saved the party. No, definitely. I, I also want to vote Jack. So I reluctantly
2: vote Jack. I'm going to same I I feel really bad about fucking the party over so drastically but <laughs> like...
4: No no no. No 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 no. No no. It's not necessarily that like you you know it's just like you fucked like Travis and Suri's like connections, you know? But yeah. like it's more of a personal fucking than it is like, you know, an overall. You know what I mean? It's which
0: is what you robbed Suri of yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it sounds like, Connor, congratulations. You are the MVP for this session. Whoop, whoop. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, of course. And next up is embodiment. Who embodied their character the best? Who stayed true to the virtues and core of their character?
5: I'm going to say Suri. Aw.
2: I was going to say Suri as well. Yeah. I was too. Yeah.
5: yeah.
4: I think we're all really getting into the swing of it, you know? it's getting, That's yeah. getting
1: tougher. This is a really good roleplay episode. I would
0: like, I obviously, I cannot vote, but I would like to throw Tati's name into the ring. I was going to say, mine was Tati. Yeah, mine true. was Tati.
3: Thanks, Chris. Yeah. I thought Tati was killing it this time.
0: We could share it! If Chris will allow it. <laughs> you can, actually. No, you can both win. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I would say that. Yeah. No, you can both win. If it's a tie, you can both win. So, all right. So, Alex, Tati, congratulations. You both get uh, an additional XP for winning this award. I love that for us. All right. Everyone at home, uh, here's what I want to know. Do you agree with our vote? Do you think that our goal for MVP and embodiment was correct? Let us know. Hit us up on social media. We would love to know what you think. And in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. The adventure is only just beginning. And while the conspiracy unravels, the danger is only going to increase. So uh, we hope you come back to the next episode. And until then, stay safe, my friends.
4: Okay, great. Oh, my goodness. Lady! Sorry, Mitch. He just wants to play.
0: Sorry, Mitch. All right, cool. So anyway, uh, back to
4: the scene. You better keep that cat in.
0: <laughs> I think I might ask Mitch to make a blooper reel for this episode because this has had a lot of really good ones. This
4: episode's been a
1: mess.
0: Oh, yeah, sorry, fam. Sorry, guys. Oh, it's all good. Okay. okay. You've been listening to a Troop of Players, an actual play podcast featuring Mike Jones, Tatiana Bustamante, Connor McLean, Alex Coza, Sharon Ray Ryan lynch and chris mcclain editing for this episode provided by mitchell shire official character art by don ferrer logo by coleman cannell like our show help it grow leave a review and follow us on instagram tiktok and twitter at a troop of players or send us an email at a troop of players at gmail.com as always thank you for listening